building and any business in the center of venture capital. I am Alex Edmonds. People on the internet call me Supreme Rum Ham, and this is the Building and Any Business Podcast. Okay, so today uh, we're going to be talking about Christmas trees. I'll be going over the Christmas tree life cycle, meaning um, what it takes a Christmas tree farm to um, to grow a Christmas tree um, in terms of like cost and the process of it. And then I'm going to be discussing um, how the Christmas trees are sold, the revenue, um, what they do with unsold Christmas trees, revenue reducers, um, some revenue ideas that I can have that a Christmas tree farm could use, maybe um, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, which is a big thing in New York if you're not from the U.S., um, my opinion. And this week I'm going to be taking advantage of the fact that um, what you hear on the podcast is really a rough draft of an article that I will write or blog post. So I'm going to be talking about where I can expand and you might hear a part two of this episode of the stuff that you can all part two of like the content that I might write about. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, there are many types of Christmas trees, and the there there are five. The five most common uh, Christmas trees are Fraser fir, Scotch fir, balsam fir, white pine, and Norway spruce. Okay. So the Christmas tree life cycle. Okay. So, a tree starts out as a seed, and that seed starts out at a nursery. And the nursery uh, grows the tree for three or four years. And then, it's a little stump. It's maybe like two to three feet, maybe a foot, let's just say a foot. And that stump gets sold to the Christmas tree farm. And the Christmas tree farm buys a stump for 35 cents and they buy 200 of them uh, per acre, right? So if you have five acres, you're buying a thousand stumps. And then you plant those stumps into the ground on your farm. And then you have to grow the tree. You have to maintain it, right? So that includes water, very much so. And you're going to be growing this tree for uh, let's say seven to eight years. So the Christmas tree life cycle is 12 years. Okay, so you, you water a Christmas tree by how old it is. The older a tree gets, the more water it will need. So the first year and the second year, you're going to water a Christmas tree one acre inch. Okay. Then years three and four, you're going to do four anchor inches. And then year five, you're going to do 10 anchor inches. Then year six and seven, you're going to do 18 acre inches. And year eight, you're going to do 
over 18 anchor inches. Okay, and now this is like the standard Christmas tree life cycle right here. Um, you'll learn in the Rockefeller section that people have Christmas trees for more than eight years in the ground. Okay, but like a standard Christmas tree farm, that's like a 10 year range, right? And the whole cycle itself is like 12 years. So from seed to in your house, it's about 12 years. Okay. So then there's the land, right? Um, and the land, the cost of the land itself is very variable. Um, it depends on the location. A farm here in Santa Cruz, California will cost more than a farm in Michigan just because um, in, um, in property, the property industry, they have the same location, location, location. Um, a lot of a lot more people want to live in Santa Cruz than in Michigan. I'm sorry, Michigan. I'm sorry, Ross. Shout out to Ross, who is a, a valued member of the building and indie business community. Okay. Um, and he lives in Michigan. Okay. Then there's the labor, right? Um, in terms of money, that's variable cost as well. Um, it depends on the skill of the person and... Um, the location of the, the farm because there's different rates for different things, right? But in terms of actual, like, tasks, um, they have to shape the tree. So when I say shape the tree, usually a tree, like the, the leaves and the, the pine needles, that goes down, right? But for... A Christmas tree people want to put ornaments on the tree so the people on the farm they have to shape it up right so that when you hang the ornament it, it doesn't immediately fall off um, yeah and then there's also harvesting the tree you only need to do this in certain situations if you have a um, if you there's certain situations in terms of selling that you need to um, harvest the tree, but it's not always the case. Um, then you have to bale and transport. So uh, they have a machine that they take the Christmas tree through, and it will um, bale it up and have it ready for transport. And then there's maintenance. You have to trim the grass. You have to... Um, make sure there's no, uh, you have to put fertilizer to uh, make it grow. And then you have to like watch around for animals that are living in between the trees or in the trees themselves so that they don't ruin your trees, right? There's tools, different tools, and this is a fixed cost, um, tools to plant the tree shape the tree, and then, of course, bale, which I just said. Um, you're going to use a tractor to plant the tree, and then there's a planter attachment that will help you um, actually plant it in the ground. And then you have the spray that you would use to kill the bugs that might eat the tree, right? Okay. 
how to sell the tree. Um, there's wholesale, and the wholesale is when a company approaches the farm and says, hey, you have a nice um, number of trees that are about six to seven years old, maybe five to six years old, let's just say. Um, in three years, we would like to buy these trees for whatever, um, for our department store so we can sell your trees. And so they'll pay you $20 a tree and then you'll be able to fund your farm and fund the growth of that. Um, so yeah, that's wholesale. And then there's pick and cut. And what pick and cut is, is when you have people come to the farm and cut the tree down themselves. Um, the catch with the pick and cut is that um, you really have to maintain the farm so that people can walk through. You have to mow the lawn. Just make sure the grass is cut, right? And then and then you have to assist these people because there's going to be like some guy like my size trying to cut this eight foot tree by himself. Like that's not going to work out. So you have to have extra people to help uh, customers cut things down, right? And then there's going to be people that want their kids to be cutting the tree and you want to just keep an eye on that, right? And then finally, the third way is retail, which is starting your own lot, selling full-grown trees. And I think this is the riskiest. And I will get into that later. Okay, then there's revenue, because this is the podcast for revenue research, right? So um, the price of a tree depends on the size and the type. Uh, the larger a tree is, the um, more money it um, can be sold for. But the problem is that different trees have different needs. So if you're putting a lot of water into this tree, and it's 10 feet tall, you've spent more money on the tree. So your profit margin will be a little, it'll be about even, right? Um, yeah. And then also, in terms of revenue, the Christmas tree farm might also make wreaths, R-E-A-T-H-E-S, like the, like the little circle things that you put on your door, um, they take like chunks and scraps of trees and they put uh, on a wire, they put them on a wire and then they sell those, right? I saw a house with like five of them this year. Yeah, all right. So the Christmas season is over. It's January, no one wants their Christmas tree. You. Uh, you're done with them. They're at the side of the road waiting to be picked up by the trash man. What can you do with the ones that are left over that you didn't sell? Alright, so um, some Christmas tree farms, they turn them into mulch and then they literally feed them to the other trees to help them grow. Um, another option is to sell the unsold trees to zoos and the zoo will give 
the Christmas tree um, cut up, of course, to the animals for food. I thought those were the two most interesting ones. Um, revenue reducers. Artificial trees. Um, sales of... Oh, although artificial trees cut into the revenue of uh, a Christmas tree farm because people who buy um, artificial trees aren't continuing to go back to the farm. Um, these sales of artificial Christmas trees has been going down since 2007, right? And then another revenue reducer is pests and animals. So like when a pest eats up a Christmas tree and it can't be sold, that's money that you've lost, right? Because you've put time and effort into growing that tree and then it gets cut and eaten, right? Um, you can't sell it. And then there's also animals, like if a bird makes a nest in the tree and then like is pecking at the tree for food, um, you can't sell that tree, right? Okay, revenue ideas. So, um, when I started looking up Christmas trees and like the life cycle, what first came up is like how to maintain the Christmas tree through the season, the Christmas season. So if you like buy it in November, how to make it last till December 25th. Um, and that gave me the idea to like sell a Christmas tree maintenance kit. So a farm could sell like a little kit or like at the very least instructions about how to maintain the, the Christmas tree while it's cut uh, in the house and maybe like give some fertilizer or something in the kit so that the Christmas tree will last, right? Because some people kill their Christmas trees. Yeah. And then um, for the pick and cut options, I thought about like turning it into an experience, right? A whole experience besides like getting the tree cut, you can add some things like maybe sell hot chocolate, um, add some cardboard cutouts to take pictures with. Just get people to like stay at the farm because as long as they're at the farm, they will get hungry or thirsty or they will need things that you can provide for them to spend their money besides the Christmas tree, right? And then I thought about building and work like um, a Christmas tree farm could start an email list, start a blog and just document their work for the year. So that would help them stay top of mind, collect emails, and then they could offer uh, discounts to a, or like a potential customer for next year. And by documenting the work, they get an email every, every month being like, hey, we're now clearing out the farm. We're now planting new trees. Right, and so that way it creates loyalty. Um, since people bought 
that Christmas tree and they see it grow, they'll uh, get a sense of attachment and they'll get attached to that farm, right? Um, yeah. And then some simple things like sell t-shirts and stickers. Um, t-shirts and stickers are cheap, easy, they don't expire, and they help the Christmas tree farm stay top of mind, like the blog. So if they get a, a sticker or a shirt, then they'll think of the farm every, um, every time they see that shirt or sticker. Like every time they're going through the closet, they'll be like, oh yeah, we bought the Christmas tree there. Maybe we'll buy it from them next year, right? It's something very simple. And then finally, my last revenue idea is to sell ornaments and other Christmas tree stuff like lights, um, right? Maybe sell the Christmas tree um, ornament. So like um, revenue, re <laughs> revenue research Christmas tree farm ornament, right? Um, and that way they'll, they'll put it on their tree, right? And that, that creates a sense of brand loyalty because it's like, we don't want to have this ornament and only, only buy the tree from this farm once. We want to keep coming back because we have this ornament. I don't know. It's just an idea I have. Like, that would be me. I don't know if anyone else would be like that. Okay. Then there's Rockefeller Christmas tree. So every year in New York, um, they put up this huge tree, right? Um, and it's a whole thing. Uh, in 2020, it wasn't that great. So I wrote about, I wrote about the 2019 tree. Um, yeah, just forget about 2020 if you ask me. Um, so people submit these trees to be donated for the Rockefeller uh, Christmas tree. And so they'll submit it like 10 years in advance. Like the 2019 tree, they had literally been watching it for 10 years. Um, it came from Florida. Um, yeah, the tree was 77 feet tall. The woman started growing it back in 1959. Um, the Christmas tree was donated, and then at the end of it, they turned it into a home for Habitat for, Huna Habitat for Humanity house. So, you know, she donates it. She spends all this time watering it. Probably not, like as professional as a Christmas tree farm, but it's still a lot of work, I bet. Um, yeah, and so she donated it. Um, it was a Norway spruce, and so that's why I mentioned the uh, types of Christmas trees, because um, I checked all of them uh, at the Rockefeller Center, and a lot of them were Norway spruces. So that must be one tree that can grow um, a lot. Hi. Okay. So my opinion for this industry, you need patience. You can't just start it up unless what you do is you buy it wholesale. So, um, you can buy like a bunch of trees that are seven years old from a wholesale farm. And then like right now, you could do that right now in January. Just say, Hey, I want to buy some of your seven year old trees for next year. And that way you get a discount, and then if you want to come in um, in December 2021 
and start a Christmas tree farm, you have your trees and you have the ability to make a profit right away, right? But if you want to start a Christmas tree farm from scratch, you need patience. Um, so that's one thing. So I mentioned that I think retail is the riskiest option. And this is because um, for all the other options, you're not cutting the trees right away. So um, a Christmas, uh, a retail store is starting your own lot. So you take, you, you cut the trees from the farm and then you have like your little plot of land and you're selling fully grown trees. So with the other options, you, um, you're giving the opportunity for the trees to grow. Like, um, a, the, the why I like the pick and cut option is because um, no one's taking anything that you can't grow still, right? So with the pick and cut option, uh, the customers choose the inventory and then nothing uncut gets sold, right? You can still grow that tree. You can sell it next year. With the retail, you're cutting them. You're pre-cutting them. And if no one wants your trees in general, um, you, you have to get rid of it, right? Yeah. Um, and the reason why I think, uh, the sales of artificial trees, trees have been going down is because you only need one. Um, my family has an artificial tree. Um, there's no like style to it, right? You, you still put the ornaments on it. So... There's no reason to get multiple Christmas, artificial Christmas trees. And so the people who want their artificial Christmas tree, they have it. They don't need to go out and buy another one, right? So, yeah. Okay, where I can expand. So, yeah, that's what I have right now. Um, that's actually a lot. This is 22 minutes right now. Okay, so... I need to expand on the type of trees, um, why these specific trees are chosen as Christmas trees. What's the difference between them? I don't know. Um, tools. What are the tools that um, the Christmas tree farms use? Uh, I need to get in the specifics. Uh, yeah. And then talk about what the tools are used for. Um, then I talk about maintenance a little bit in this episode. Um, I could talk about what the maintenance is. I know it's greening, which is like making the Christmas tree look green because it loses color. So they like spray paint on it. Um, then there's trimming. I could go into more detail about how it's trimmed, um, some other maintenance stuff, and then talk about the money that's involved with that, of course. Um, same with the tools, how much the tools cost. Um... I was told to talk about Rockefeller a little more, um, how they get it in, like what's the cost of it, what's the cost to get it out. Um, they put lights on it, so um, how much does it cost to put the lights on, how much do the actual lights cost. Um, I need to go a little bit more into my opinion, maybe expand on it, get more opinions about the industry. It's kind of hard because it's like Christmas trees. Um, it's not like... Um, other things that I, I don't know. It's just weird. I have to develop it more. 
And then I also thought about the lifetime value of a customer. Um, what is the lifetime value of a customer for a farm? Like, I'm, I'm talking about people coming back. Do they come back? Or is it common to have, like, churn in, a, in the Christmas tree industry? Like, are you seeing families grow up, um, like, coming to one farm or... You know, do you have options? But I don't, because it depends on how big the area is. Like, I know here in the Bay Area, you can't, like, there are multiple Christmas tree, like, pick and cuts, right? So, if you don't like the tree for the year you got, so, like, if you don't like your 2020 tree, you're probably going to go to a different place next year. Are you actually going to remember that you didn't like the Christmas tree from last year? So, I don't know. Okay. Thank you for listening. Have a nice day. Bye.